to the Water with Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you're listening. This is a podcast by a 20-something for 20-somethings where we dive into the real and the raw, the uncomfortable and the messy. This is a place for you to receive wisdom from ladies who have been where we're at and can guide us along this crazy time in our life. I've got Ashley Bressingham on the podcast today. She is so genuine and I absolutely love chatting with her. We are discussing listening to God's voice on today's episode. I really liked when she broke down the differences in God's voice, the enemy's voice, and our own voice, and just how to discern between all of those. Hopefully, you're not hearing any other voices in your head. (laughs) Oh, so dumb. I know you're going to love this episode, so let's get on with it. Ashley, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you, Emma? Good. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, I'm very honored and thrilled that you asked me to be on here. Oh, yes. You have been recommended by many people, so you were high on the list, girlfriend. (laughs) I pay pay people pretty well. (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, handed them some cash, so (laughs) glad it finally came back around. Seriously, Uh, I've been waiting. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what your life looks like these days? Yeah, so um I'm Ashley Bressenhan. I am a graduate of Texas A&M University, Ooh. class of 2010, and yeah, I am I am sadly a two percenter, but I do love <laughs> the school. I just cannot tell you anything about football. Um <laughs> to, to my parents' disappointment. Um, but I loved being at a and I was studied marketing and ended up in ministry by the time I finished. So I was in college ministry for six years after I graduated at Central there in College Station, loved it, um, before the Lord moved me to New York City. And so I've been in New York for a little over two years now. I am a graphic designer by day, freelance, and and then that kind of allows me to have room and space to be able to do ministry, which is what I ultimately feel called to. Really deep hunger and passion for the local church, um, for women's discipleship, um, and just people in general. And then I also am the women's director um, or the administrative director for a women's conference called You Are Women's Conference, Mm -hmm. which is in Texas. So. I split my time between New York and Texas, but um, New York's my my home for now, which has been great. Yes, that's so fun. And we've had, you know, your gal Steph Lee on before, who's all about UR, and I've bragged (laughs) on UR before, but want to brag on it again. It's an awesome conference. So if anybody's around that area, you should totally go. Yes, Um, it's well worth the time. So how is New York? been as far as like what your expectations were and all of that? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Well, I feel like I had fairly realistic expectations as much as you can. I mean, New York really is a city that's unlike any other. Um, And I think especially when it comes to actually living, not just I mean, visiting, it really is unlike any other city, too. I think it's the greatest city in the world. Uh, But living here is a whole other story. Um, and so I grew up wanting to live here. And then by the time the Lord actually called me here, I did not want to move here. So I was, you know, I was in college station, Texas for 10 years, four years of school, six years of working, 
uh, had a really, I mean, just deep roots in community and people there and life. And I mean, the Lord really grew me up there a lot those 10 years. And so it really did feel like leaving home Mm -hmm. and um, in a way. And so when I moved here, um, right after I decided, I, you know, I, I was really sensing that God was saying New York, I came here for a weekend kind of just to like really pray mm-hmm. um, before making the you know big decision. And the whole weekend I was here, it was like in April of 2016. And I, it was like every negative thing about New York was amplified. <laughs> I was oh, like, no. this city is terrible. It's so expensive there's no space or people everywhere. Like it was just like, I really, the whole weekend was like, it's so expensive. I was just full of like anxiety the whole weekend. I'm not really an anxious person naturally. And, um, and then I met with a pastor's wife that Monday, right before I was flying back to Texas and we had connected through mutual friends and she was awesome and really just talked me through like, Hey, it is really hard here, but you can do it. And the church just needs people to come and love, love and live like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I went and sat on a park bench in Madison Square Garden after oh. that conversation and cried my eyes out, wrote down all the reasons I didn't want to move to New York mm-hmm. and just looked at him and asked the Lord what he was saying. And it's like, all of these reasons have to do with my own comfort. And so if you're still saying yes, I'll come. And so I came a few months later, I came that September of 2016. And so in a sense, so my expectation really was like, um, it's going to be expensive. I hear community is very hard community. Uh, and the pace of life is so different and all of that. So at the mm-hmm. beginning, I think I underestimated the pace of the city. I was exhausted physically all the time. Lots of walking. Um, Oh, everywhere. And just, I mean, you're literally like carrying bags of groceries. And, you know, thankfully, I only live on the second flight of my stair. I have a, I have a pretty, uh, I've been pretty spoiled as far as my apartment. Like we have laundry in our building and a dishwasher. These things are all unheard of in New York, especially your first apartments um, that we live. My, me and my roommates live in Brooklyn. And so um, we have a little bit more space. We're not, Manhattan's like you're paying for the location. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, as my expectations, I feel like for sure at the beginning, there were some things that threw me off, but ultimately I really just felt so called here that I had so much peace, even when I was exhausted or worn out. And I honestly moved here with like zero fear, mm. um, which really was only Jesus. Cause I, I did not in my flesh want to move here, but mm-hmm. I just had so much courage that I really felt like was like supernatural from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's been amazing ever since. I mean, it's been hard in a lot of ways. It's one of the hardest things I've done, but it's also been, I have seen God work and move so clearly. Um, I mean, for years, I've known the Lord since I was little, but there's just a different, um, it's just different in New York for me. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much more about prayer um, through just experiencing it more and, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, the city is very, very unique, and yeah. there's people from all over the world here. And so um, I've learned a whole, whole lot. Yeah. So it's cool to see how God clearly wanted you there and kind of wrecked your plans in that. Um, sure. It, <laughs> isn't it funny how he always works that way, right? He totally like wrecks sure. us in the moment when you're like, seriously, no, I like, I wanted it then but not now and so I'm confused <laughs> about what you're doing here because I, I was good here so why are you coming and ruining that um but he always does it in the best way so yeah um, for sure I'm sure you learned a lot 
even in just that season of transition and um, totally. So I love to talk to you today about, you know, and I'm sure this all can probably relate a lot to what you learned in, in that time of coming uh, to New York and just like how to discern the voice of the Lord, how to figure out what he's asking. Um, but also mm-hmm. I feel like it's really easy to, at least for me and from what I hear from my girls is like, how do I know if it's God? How do I know if it's just a me thinking out loud? Mm-hmm. How do I yeah. know? Honestly, sometimes if the enemy is speaking to me, because I'll have conversations with friends and they're saying, you know, this is what I'm thinking and feeling. I'm like, do you not realize that that's a lie? Like, that's (laughs) not Mm -hmm. true about you. And um, so it's just hard, I think, uh, especially for 20 somethings, because we're just in this space of, (laughs) of trying to figure out what God is doing in our lives. And so I think this is a big one of um, just trying to figure out what God is saying to us. So how do you think we can discern God's voice from our own? So when we're thinking, I don't know if this is God or if this is just (laughs) me thinking. Mm -hmm. Really simple question. I'm so glad you saved the easy ones for me. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think anything like discerning God's voice from ourselves or from the enemy or, whatever from somebody else's even um i think it it really does start with just knowing jesus really ultimately and mm-hmm. the easiest way the clearest way to really grow in depth of knowing the lord is by hearing him speak and paying attention to his word and you know we have a sure word like in, um i think it's mm-hmm. first or second peter that talks about that like we have a, a more sure word and then it's literally like the scripture that's actually in front of us Um, and so I think being like really present when you're not just like reading it, but actually being present when you're reading it. Um, I think sometimes we can approach the scriptures as if it's like a, you know, a textbook that we're studying. And I like, I love studying. I love like looking into the Greek and the Hebrew and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think sometimes we miss that this is actually like, as if God was like opening his mouth to us right now. Like he is a, he is like the spirit as a person, Jesus as a person, fully God, fully man. And we get to know him through his word, just like you and I have like, you know, we're getting to know one another because of what you're saying. It's helping me understand you more. Um, it would be very strange if I like just wanted you around me, but never really wanted you to talk to me. Cause mm. I, and then I acted like I knew you. That'd be super weird. Like, yeah, it's like the people that I'm on the subway with every day. I'm like, I am consistently in their presence, mm. but I, I don't know them because I've never heard them open their mouth and you're actually paid attention to the words they're speaking. And so I think it's the same, same way with the Lord. Um, and so for me, it's come from just really digging into that and really reading my life in that. Mm-hmm. And so I've often have tried to kind of explain the concept of like, you know, how do you begin to know the Lord? Cause I think, you know, I, especially being in New York, but in college ministry, even before that, I would often walk with girls or people that did not grow up in the church. So when you say like, I heard the Lord say, or God led me to do, they're just mm-hmm. like, can you practically break that down for me? What does that even mean? And, um, I think one of the best examples the Lord has helped me kind of understand is just like with my mom, um, 
she is someone who clearly, since I was re- like a baby, has mm-hmm. like been around her voice. I've been around her. Um, I know her mannerisms. I like there's so much. I mean, so many all of her high school friends look at mm-hmm. pictures of me and they're like, you look exactly like mom. And um, there's things about us that have happened. Like we already I was already made in her image, but I look more like her, too, because of the time I spent with her mm-hmm. um, growing up. And um, and then what's crazy, too, I feel like I can do this with a few people, but definitely I know I can do it with my mom is my mom. Could, I could not even know she's in New York State. And she could be downstairs without me knowing. And she could just sniff. And I'd be like, that's my mom. Like, she didn't have to, like, talk. Like, I just would know, like, from, like, even the smallest, like, noises um, that that's my mom or the way she clears her throat or whatever. We all have people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really do feel like that that's kind of how it is with the Lord. The more that we're in relationship with them, the more we're in his presence reading his word, being around people that also are mirror images of who he is, Mm. um, helps us understand his voice more. And in the same vein, like there's times where like you could come to me and be like, Hey, I heard your mom say X, Y, and Z. And I would be able to tell you if my mom really said that or not. Mm. I'm like, that does not sound like my mother. Like there's no way that she would say that, Mm. you know, like, um, I was trying to, Oh, like if you came to me and said, my mom was like, the Aggies are the worst team in the world. I can never, but like, you know, whatever. Like my mom is like the biggest Aggie fan ever. And so I clearly know from being around my mom that that would be one of the biggest lies you could ever tell. Um, And so it's the same way. Like we really are not going to know what's not the Lord either. And when we're not in his word. Mm. Um, And so it's important for both of the, for discernment really um, in that. So I think for me, like when I'm thinking through like, okay, is this idea from my own flesh or is it from the Lord? My first instinct is is to go, okay, does this line up with this word? If if it's a desire or a thought um, or, you know, direction, I feel like I might be going that seems like pretty off kilter from the scripture. And then I know clearly that's not the Lord. Um, Typically, I think too, some of it's I think we can ask ourselves what what's the motive behind what we're thinking. If yeah. it's a selfish kind of thing, it's probably not the Lord either. Right. Um, those kinds of things. But I think ultimately it really is like being in his word, being around people and that, you know, the value of one of the many values of having a community of believers around you is that you can say out loud the things that you're thinking or praying through or whatever. And, and invite them in to speak to that, you know, in a way. And and for me, I know I can easily, especially when I was younger, could easily be influenced by people I really valued a lot. And so I learned to be like, I really need to pray through this first and feel pretty settled in something and then invite people into that and Mm -hmm. just ask the Lord to kind of move me forward one way or the other. And so, I mean, Proverbs is full of verses that talk about how, you know, plans can fail unless you have more counselors. So you can wage a war with an abundance of um, counselors. You can have victory. And so um, I think that's another way. So mm-hmm. in the word, lining it up, like literally using the Bible as the plumb line. Right. And then I think Christian community is huge, especially older ones, not just your, not just your peers. Exactly. That yeah. can be like the blind leading the blind sometimes. Yes. Getting some wise counsel in that for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. And that kind of leads into, and I think some of that will play into this question as well, but of, you know, discerning God's voice from the enemies, which is kind of a funny question because you're like, well, those are complete opposites. And so, but sometimes, you know, there are things where I feel like we hold on to lies. We don't even recognize our lies um, Mm -hmm. and and just kind of adopt them as 
who we are. And so how can we truly like identify those things and separate them from what God says about us? Yeah, I think um, one of the big things is, you know, John 10 talks about how um, Jesus is saying that he came that we would have life abundantly. And then the enemy says, or then he says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. Mm. Um, And so I think just even, so I've, I've thought about this often, like in everything that I'm doing, that I'm thinking or pursuing or my day to day, like circumstances, God has a purpose and the enemy has a purpose and I get to partner with one of those. And, and so even looking at that, like, you know, if I'm praying through something and a thought enters my mind or if it's a direction I'm thinking about going, whatever it is, um, really asking myself honestly, like, does this lead to life or would it still kill and destroy something with my relationship with the Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's huge. Um, and I think oftentimes too, I mean, the enemy really communicates through fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not saying, I mean, there's times where God will ask you to do something that requires a lot of faith and there is yeah. a little bit of like a, Oh, this feels kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, fear, like, I mean, that's this crazy thing too. I mean, there's moments where you, you need courage from the Lord. Um, but he really, he tells us to not fear. And the reason we don't have to fear is love is literally perfect towards us. Perfect love cast out fear. Mm. And that's why like with your closest friends, you feel like you can say the thing about like the way you look that day or, you know, that you don't like something when you kind of like, if they make something, some food mm. for you and you're like, I actually don't really like this. You're not, you wouldn't <laughs> say that to your friend because there's like, a level of unconditional love there that you've experienced and a track record of love versus like somebody you don't know, you go to their house and like, there's no way I would normally eat this, but I will, you know, like you don't have that kind of same rapport and um, with them, but with the Lord, like when we really experience his love and how unconditionally, um, how unconditional, how perfect it is, there really is no fear there. And so I think we're, there is fear. I think I would ask like, what's the root of the fear? Mm-hmm. Um, and typically I, it's either usually us not believing something about God, mm-hmm. believing something about, you know, what God says about us, um, or it is just straight up the enemy. And, and I, I do think too, with all that, like all the time we have God's voice, the enemy's voice and our own, like, and so I really love that you asked even the discerning between the Lord and us. I think some people just boil it down to the enemy and the Lord. And we're like, right. actually, sometimes you're Flesh is in there too. You know, I've walked with so many girls. They're like, I feel like the Lord was saying, date this guy, where it's like a clear no. You know, I'm like, actually, I don't think that was the Lord. You know, like, let's talk through that. And, um, but so I would say with that, I also think a lot of times, like, you, you know, you're talking about people believing lies. Um, and I think typically that has to do with shame and mm-hmm. condemnation. And so even knowing like Jesus really, if he is, revealing something like sin in your life or whatever it is like it is always to heal and for you to move towards repentance every time and it's it is literally the kindness of god to reveal junk in our lives sin in our lives so that we would move towards repentance the kindness of god leads us to repentance um and i think we can know if we're really walking in the word of god like the voice of god in responding to those things if we're moving towards like there will be a sorrow in a sense of like, oh, we're broken. We really need Jesus. But it's a godly sorrow that moves to joy. Whereas, you know, in Corinthians, it talks, I think it's Corinthians, uh, but it talks about how um, worldly sorrow just leads to grief. And I think that's another way. If you're just consistently feeling mm-hmm. beat down, like that is not the Lord. Like that really is um, a way that the enemy can use lies all the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it's coming back to 
the word over and over and over again and not letting your feelings kind of master you, but let them drive you to a deeper understanding of what the Lord is. Yeah, that's a good point of like, if it's something that you keep feeling like beat down about, like, oh my goodness, I should be better about this. And you just like constantly upset. A lot of times it's easy to think, God must be upset at me because I cannot like get this right or whatever it is. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. that is not like that's not him at all. Like he is not surprised by anything that we're doing and he <laughs> loves us through it all. And so I feel like I do that all the time where I'm like, oh my goodness, I did it again. Mm-hmm. Yep, he must be like right. so annoyed with me. <laughs> but that's yeah, just, and I think that's just so crazy is it's like we, you know, God will again in his kindness reveal sin in our hearts. Like even today, I was joking with a friend earlier that I called her before we had this interview and asked her just to pray for me. And I was like, for real, like a few minutes ago, I'm like walking through the city and I'm just mad at everybody because they're going too slow. And like, <laughs> and then I'm about to go like, you know, sit on this podcast, and like try to talk about Jesus. And so I was like, literally so convicted about the way I was responding to people. And so I was teasing with her. I was like, had some great repentance time. And now I'm like, here we go. And <laughs> But like, even that was like the kindness of the Lord to reveal that to me. I could like beat myself up about like, I can't believe I could even think those things about people I don't even know, you know, whatever. It's clearly a very small example. I know that there's lots of things that we carry shame around that are much more, you know, seem much more serious than getting mad at somebody walking too slow. Um, But I think in that it's, it's God reveals that and we do need to feel the weight of it, but we don't stay there with the weight of it. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you touch something really hot. There's a reason that you feel that. I mean, cause you're supposed to remember the feeling like, and know that that's actually not good for me. Um, it would be insane for you to keep your hand on that and mm-hmm. just let yourself be burned. And mm-hmm. so that's like, again, the kindness of the Lord to like kind of let you feel the consequences of your own sin. And then every time it's to move us towards repentance. And I love repentance <clears throat> in Isaiah. It's, um, you, I think it's Isaiah 50 or 51, but it talks about um, comfort, comfort, my people, says the Lord. It's the first moment in Isaiah where the people have basically received all this judgment. And then it's kind of the first moment of hope. Mm-hmm. And that word for comfort, a lot of times can be switched out for the word repent. And and so the idea of repentance, even I think we, you know, again, we can get way down. I feel like, oh, God's calling me to repent. And we get in this like, woe is me kind of thing and just stay where the enemy wants us to stay. The Lord's actually saying repent so that you would get comfort in him versus what you're chasing. Mm. Um, and so I think even that again, it's remembering even in my, the weight of my sin, what is God's purpose and what is the enemy's? Um, again, and the enemy's is for you to, your mind to just keep rolling over it and to feel condemnation and shame and weight and all that where the Lord really is just wanting you to be free mm. and to receive forgiveness and to move forward. And literally like, and Proverbs says when we confess and forsake our sin, we obtain mercy. We get mercy. It's crazy. Mm. And when we hide it, it actually damages us. And so even that, like the enemy can get to us, not even just after we confess our sin, but even before it. And uh, like for some reason, he really, he and our flesh can get in our minds that it actually would be better for us to just keep it hidden. Mm. Um, where again, all God's like heart for us is freedom. freedom. And and joy and all of that. And that comes with repentance and that repentance is a a response to hearing his voice clearly. Um, And any of us that, you know, have relationship with Jesus, thankfully heard that and have heard that. Yeah. That's like a good 
red flag of if there's a if there's anything that you're holding on to like in isolation and that you keep thinking just like on your own then that's probably from the enemy because it's exactly where he wants you to just dwell on whatever it is that is like constantly popping in your brain or whatever um Mm -hmm. and you know just the picture of like in repentance, like God wants comfort, like the idea that those are kind of going hand in hand, like that's just so cool to think like he, Mm -hmm. he desires for us to like confess that and turn and he, he's not upset. Like, and, and he desires for us to be free. That's why he's bringing that to the surface. So let it go and and run in freedom. So I love that picture. Yeah. And that even like, I think part of growing and hearing the voice of God is it takes like you actually saying some of the things that you're thinking out loud to other believers for mm. that. Even sometimes just the practice of saying something like out loud as you're saying, it will be like, that is totally a lie. Like, and I have yeah. been thinking that, you know, forever, but it's like, how crazy is that when you say it out loud or whatever? And I, I heard someone say the other day that, um, sin is the only thing that grows in the dark. And I, I would agree with that. And also add, I think lies too, like lies mm-hmm. and sin both grow in the dark. And so why not just bring it to the light and literally let it be exposed so that it can actually bear fruit that is a result of, you know, being right with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I totally agree. Stuff hidden and in the dark is just, it's not mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. Agree. And any reason or excuse to not is, again, another lie from the enemy to tell you totally. not to bring that to light. So that's mm-hmm. good. Okay. I wanted to see if you had maybe an example of when you wanted to hear like a clear answer from the Lord and and he gave it to you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's so many, um, <laughs> especially these last couple of years here. Yeah. I mean, like I literally have had moments this all throughout the last really 10 to 15 years of my life. I feel like I've grown a lot more in prayer. Mm. Um, but last two years, like I said, it's just a different level of like understanding my need for God and for prayer and that being like, it just consistent, not just a daily rhythm, but like minute by minute rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been moments where I've, you know, literally be walking down the street and I feel like the Lord will like put something on my mind. I'll just pray about it. And literally the next day we'll like see an answer. Like I, um, right after I moved here. Um, so right the summer before I moved here. Uh, so I moved here to New York without, I'm going to see how many times I can say I moved here Um, (laughs) before I moved to New York that summer before I moved to New York, I um, had been praying about what job to have here. Like, so I literally moved here, had no job lined up. Um, and about a week week after I got here, I landed a job at a nonprofit, which was a super amazing blessing for the Lord. And, um, but I was also um, talking with the church at the time throughout the summer and potentially going to be their women's director. And really long story short, I get here and about a week or two after I've been visiting another church, in addition to this one, I was kind of still praying and thinking, asking the Lord if I was going to be on staff there. Um, and I leave this, you know, Church A, which is the one I was not thinking about being on staff with that morning, and really just love this church, and and then I was going to this other church that night on the way, um, and I was like, Lord, I just, will you just make it really clear if I'm supposed to be at Church B or not? Because mm-hmm. I still just hadn't felt like a 
like a normal peace like I would normally feel when the Lord's leading me into something. I didn't feel a lack of it either, though. Mm -hmm. So I was really in a season of just waiting on the Lord for it. And so I go that night and literally like the head pastor ends up stepping down that night. I was like, oh, like that's my answer. And um, and so for me, it really was this like the Lord really caring for me and I mean, the church um, was just working through some different things as far as their staff and all that stuff. And um, I honestly don't know a ton about it because that was kind of for me like the, all right, I think I'm going to just pull out of here. And um, and then shortly after that, the Lord just provided other places for me to connect with through an older woman who was also another answer to prayer. I've been mm-hmm. walking down the street one day. I was like, Lord, I feel like everybody here says it's really hard to connect with older women. Mm-hmm. That's not hard for you. And I would really, that's literally all I prayed. And the next day I had two different emails from two different people wanting to connect me with older women. And so went and met with one of them. Um, and she introduced me to the church. I ended up being on staff for, um, eventually. And so there's like lots of things like that. I remember when I was younger too, there were things like, um, you know, I was dating somebody, uh, for close to a year and, just started and it was a really beautiful relationship. He loved God. I loved God. We had a great community around us. Um, I just started sensing like maybe the Lord is pulling us in different directions. And so I just really prayed and sought the Lord and was like, God, I just, what I typically did in college and have done it since, um, as well, but it's just, when I feel like the Lord's leading me in a big decision, I usually ask him to affirm it through the scripture, through my parents and through a mentor. And so I kind of, you know, prayed that at that point. And, um, I was reading in the scriptures and, um, felt like I, the Lord gave me a clear word there and I talked to my parents and they, you know, blessed it and agreed to, and I went to a mentor. It was actually Steph Lee. Mm-hmm. I was like 19 at the time, I think. And, uh, this is a very long time ago. Yeah. I think we had talked the night before and Steph actually didn't have like a clear, like, yeah, I think this is it. She kind of gave me the opposite. And I was like, what? Like all three of these are always <laughs> supposed to align. Like I was kind of confused. And she's like, I just, I don't know, Ash, like I was praying for you today before I even knew what we were going to talk about. And I just kind of sensed like, maybe you're supposed to wait uh, on it. And I was like, okay. And I left and was like, I don't <laughs> know what to I do wanted. with that. And yeah, so the next morning I was, I went to a research park in College Station and um, I was praying and I literally wrote down in my journal, I said, Lord, I feel like you've given me affirmation through your word and through my parents and in my own heart. And I would love to have it through stuff, but I don't have to have it, you know, from her. Cause I, you know, I, I do sense that this is what you're asking me to do. And kind of this moment of like, I really will obey what you're asking me to do, even if I don't have like all yeah. the ducks in a row. Yeah. And as I'm like writing it down, Steph literally calls me and is like, Hey, I was praying today. And I actually do. I feel really peaceful about that. <laughs> I think it's in my dream. I was like, well, thank you, Lord. Like, that was great. <laughs> um, and so, but Big even timing. that, you know, like is a, an example of, you know, when I was younger and, I'm just seeking the Lord, even in dating and different things. But, um, so yeah, I, I, it's not always that quick for sure, but I mean, I have so many stories of that, but I think it's just been from a posture of really believing that God wants to hear me and wants to like be in the details of my life and Mm -hmm. over and over and over again, I literally could talk for like hours about ways that God has answered things that I've prayed. Mm -hmm. Um, not always in the way that I wanted, but he's always directed me, um, in my life when I've submitted that to him. It's like, I mean, I really, Proverbs three, five and six is the verse that my dad taught me when I was really, really little. And 
has been like my, the verse that I've clung to that really trusting God and acknowledging him in every way that he'll make my path straight Mm. Um, and not leaning on my own understanding. Like that is totally what it's looked like for me uh, my Mm. whole life, but especially these last few years. Yeah. It's cool to be able to like go back probably to like those journal entries and like things like that and see like how God was working. That's why I love like being able to journal to like go back and see, man, like the Lord did so much there and how like he brought me through that and how he answered prayers. So that's so cool. Totally. Is there maybe a time when he did not really answer your prayer or maybe it was like you wanted a clear sign and he didn't give it to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was trying to think through that. And I think for me, so I really, honestly, I have really been like, God, will you give me a sign? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've typically learned, especially I think college and after I really learned that instead of I think the way we pray a lot of times, I think it's pure hearted. Um, I think it's just kind of misdirected. But we can pray and put some different things in front of the Lord and just be like, whatever you want, just make it really clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not really vulnerable or honest on our part. Cause there's well, out of those choices that we're putting before the Lord, there's something that you want more than the others probably. Right. Um, and so I've learned to like, again, like knowing that God's love is perfect and it's unconditional. There's no fear in just asking him about whatever it is I want and knowing that whatever his answer is, is best. Mm-hmm. Um, so there have been times for sure where I've prayed and asked Lord specifically for something and the Lord has said no, or I have, or it's just felt like crickets for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just wait, I just don't move. When I have made a decision and not just waited on the Lord, it's not ended well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, God's grace thankfully covers that for sure. But, um, so there, there's definitely been points where I've prayed and asked the Lord for different things from like, I mean, I can think of guys that I've dated and prayed like, let this be it or whatever. And the Lord really clearly leading in a different way. And I can see years now, years later, I'm like, boy, thank you. What a grace. And Mm -hmm. looking at where the Lord has me now and where, what I would have missed out on if I had gotten the things that I'd really prayed for. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even this summer, I mean, there was a job, a potential job that was looking at me. It was a I mean, it seemed like the perfect solution Mm -hmm. to, you know, kind of step away from that current job I had been in. It was going to be this remote thing and, you know, kind of getting to set my schedule and all this stuff. And I was really, I don't think I realized how much hope I'd put in getting this job. And then it ended up falling through. They decided not to even hire anybody Mm -hmm. for the position. And I just sat on my bed and just wept. And I was like, did I just totally hear you wrong for the last few months that we were talking through this? And, um... And so I just, I mean, I did the only thing I know to do is pray, cried and prayed until the Lord was like, I really want something different. I want a different job. I feel like you're putting that on my heart. And mm-hmm. I, literally a few weeks later, my church reach out, reaches out to me. is like, would you want to be our interim music director? I'm like, uh. maybe. And so I ended up doing that and then doing graphic design and create. And now I actually do have a job where I am remote and freelance and I can work mm-hmm. anywhere. I mean, it's great. Like I have even more freedom than I would have had you know, if I'd gotten a job last summer. So every time it has been for a sweeter thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, and it's not always like a thing, it's growth in me too. Like there's times where I feel like God has not given me what I asked for and it hasn't been fun, but the growth in me has been mm-hmm. worth it. Um, mm-hmm. it did not feel like that in the moment, but it does. You're, you're still on the road right? when you can look back and see the purpose in it for sure. Yeah. I always 
think about someone was like, okay, God is not a genie in a bottle. Like, you're not just going right. to, like, tell him what you want. Okay, like, there's my three wishes, so I'm just going to wait for, <laughs> like, a sign or some sort of clear response to that. But he does, like, want to hear your heart and what you want. Um, right. Like you said, like, you have total freedom in crying out to him and telling him what you desire because he already knows anyways and knows probably even mm-hmm. more than we really know how to understand right um but so i love that and just knowing like we have the freedom to cry out and whatever his answer is whether it's clear or not it's the best so yeah for sure so this is probably a big question i think a lot of girls will will really want kind of some guidance in this of what do we do when we're not really sure what he's calling us to i hear a lot about, well, I'm just not sure, like, which college I should choose because there's this one and this one, and how am I supposed to know where the Lord wants me? Or, you know, there's this guy, but then there's this guy, and I'm not really sure, like, what the what God is wanting me to do. Or coming out of college, maybe it's like, well, I could move here or move here. I'm not sure which job. So I feel like mm-hmm. in this phase of life, there's so much, so many big decisions that we're having to make and um it's hard because a lot of times we're like well i don't know what what god's will is or which one he wants me to do you know so like Mm -hmm. how do we talk to him about how to discern which choice we should make right yeah i feel like this is something i mean every college girl walks through and I mean I walked through it and I walked many girls through it this Mm. year so I was in college ministry and even my I have a group of girls here I get to invest in too I feel like they're kind of asking those same questions and and just insight further down the road it kind of never goes away like there are still points where you're (laughs) like going to be asking like what on earth am I supposed to be that are in their 40s they're still asking those questions and um and so I think it is good to, you know, kind of go, okay, what do we do when we don't feel like we have a clear um, direction from the Lord? And so I think a lot of times, um, I mean, there's different factors. I think sometimes we do complicate things too much. Sometimes it really is like the Lord's just letting you make a decision. And the great thing is when we start stepping into a direction, if we have the spirit of God in us, he, he will redirect us lovingly if we're not going the right direction. And so I do, I do think there's some truth to sometimes the Lord is not going to move a, like a ship that's idle. Mm-hmm. Like he steers a, a moving ship. And so, um, so I do think sometimes we just need to do something like we just need to like, if you don't know, like, if you don't know, like, the grand call in your life at this point, do what's revealed in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So we do know, like, you're supposed to love your neighbor. You're supposed to be making disciples. You're supposed to be giving and caring for the poor. And um, all these, like, are you doing those things? Like, maybe start there. Mm-hmm. Are you connected to a church? Are you generously giving? Um, you know, are you are you living a life that really is, like, are you praying without ceasing? And, like, all these different, which that sounds, like, very hard to do. But, mm-hmm. um that this is like a side note, but I heard a pastor say one time, he's like, you know, how do you, how do you pray without ceasing? Like, that seems kind of impossible. Um, cause it's like, you like literally can't do anything else but pray all the time. Like that's it. And he <laughs> basically was describing it. Like when you break that word down, it's like an incessant cough. 
And so like when you have a cough, you're not like literally straight coughing for like, you know, all day. It's just like you cough a little bit and you keep doing whatever and then you cough a little more and you keep, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's funny. You know, is your prayer life like that? Like, is it kind of throughout your day where you're like, your mind just keeps going back to the Lord. Mm. So I think if we're not doing those things that are actually like pretty black and white, like revealed in the scripture, mm. um, I think that's where we need to start. And so then I think beyond that, you kind of just start. It's, it's again, the more you're in God's presence, the more you're going to learn and you're going to start really caring what he cares about. And you're going to start seeing what he sees and, um, even feeling similar emotions to what he feels like when you walk by someone who's really hurting and broken. And, um, and so I think a lot of times our passions or our callings really grow out of that time with the Lord. Like I went into college really set on doing fashion merchandising and then middle of college guy just totally redirected my heart. And it all came from my time with him. It wasn't cause I was trying to be in ministry. That was the last thing on my mind. Mm. And I definitely, I ended up, I was in music ministry for a long time. I hated singing when I went to college. I thought I was terrible. I played guitar for a long time. I was Mm. like kind of hid behind my guitar. And then literally from my time with the Lord, I was thrust into these opportunities to sing where I was like, that literally was the last thing on the earth I ever wanted (laughs) to do. And, um, and so even just the way that those things happen, like, um, I, I really do think it comes back to again, spending time with the Lord and his word and with his people. Mm. Um, so I think if you're like at this plate, this crossroads of like, I just don't know what to do with my life. That's okay. What do you do with today and the next day and the next day? And then before you know it, there'll be just patterns or burdens that kind of grow in your heart that really that God will open doors to. And, um, you know, and in his perfect timing, like I am Mm. grateful now that I didn't live in New York when I wanted to, I would not have been able to handle it. I would have been crazy wrapped up in materialism and climbing a ladder and, you know, corporate ladder and all those things. And now I'm like walking through the streets, just like actually seeing people Mm. and paying attention. The motives behind why I'm here are so different than when they would have been before. Um, so it's a very long answer to your question, but no. that was a hard question. No, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't know if that helps, but no, it totally um, does. I, I do think too, again, even with community, that's where it helps too, to kind of like ask people around you, like, Hey, what do you, what do you see in me? Like what, what hmm. ways do you feel like God might be wanting to use me that I'm not being used right now? And it, I think sometimes we picture what we think our call should look like and, and we miss what God's actually wanting to say because it's not matching up with what I think in our minds it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so even that, like, again, like when I got the offer to work at the church, I never in my life thought I would be working on a church staff. I actually, when I went in for the interview, I was like, I don't really want this job. And <laughs> then in the interview, I was like, never mind, I do want this job. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and, um, but, and then when I went to people around me, my counsel and told them like the job description, like, hey, what do y'all think about this? Cause it was really, for me, it was like, I didn't think I was going to be working at a church. And every one of them was like, that totally fits you. And it was because of the burden I've been growing over the last few years in college, but for college girls, college women. And so, um, yeah, I think that doing the reveal of things in scripture, um, and then, you know, again, not, figuring out what you have to do when you're in your 60s, if you're 20, but what do you have to do right now? Um, And it may have looked different in 10 years. Like I would have thought when I was 23 going into ministry, I would have thought I'm going to always be in a church like ministry. And now I'm not. And I'm Mm -hmm. so thankful I didn't hold 
my grip on that because I would be in a slump right now because ministry jobs are hard to come by in New York. So, right. um, yeah, just being open to whatever he has for you. But right, that's what I would say. No, that's good. It's like praise God that we don't get to make the de- actual decisions and choose how our oh. life's going to go <laughs> because Lord, yes. don't know where we'd be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, it doesn't come down to should I choose this one or this one? It's really like, if you have the spirit of God in you, then it doesn't really matter because he's going to be glorified either way. He's going to use it either way. Yeah. And I do think there's moments where, you know, if if you do have kind of option A and option B, and it's not really like a a right or wrong kind of decision, it's more of a right or left kind of thing. I do. I do really think that's where counsel comes in. Like I over and over again, I've had so many stories of that. Um, in my life where I have sought the Lord and I feel at peace to where I'm released to go receive counsel. And it's like literally God, God really has gifted people with wisdom and counsel and where it's like that you'll have a conversation with someone and just be like, that is so clear now. Like I can walk away and I feel confident and they're behind me in this too. And so then also if it goes wrong, it's kind of their fault too. So that you're not alone. <laughs> you can just blame it on them. Uh, no, but I do. Again, I think counsel is so important. Godly counsel around you through whether that's your parents or your church leaders or mentors or whoever. Yeah, totally. Encourage everyone to have a mentor. I don't know where I'd be without them, <laughs> honestly, in my life. Or several. Yes, yep. many. Yeah, I got to go down through my list. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, Ashley, we have made it to the last three questions that I like to ask you. Oh, I ask these to every guest, so I'm excited to hear your answers. <laughs> Uh, the first one is what is one thing, one thing, I know it's hard, that you wish you knew as a 20 something? Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) that is hard. Oh, this, can I just be really practical? I feel like we've definitely covered a lot of Jesus things. This is a Jesus thing too, though, is to save money financially. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I thankfully was never in debt in my 20s, but also just had not really intentionally saved or budgeted or any of that kind of stuff. And again, like really God's grace that I was never in like crazy financial trouble. Mm. Um, but I look now and the last couple of years, I've been way more intentional about that. It's so funny living in New York. I've actually, I feel like the Lord has helped me to manage my money better. I actually have more money than I have before living in a city that's way more expensive and I'm making less money. Um, And so it makes no sense on paper, but I literally am like, and I feel like God has freed me up to like give more generously too in Mm -hmm. some ways. And so I think just the practicals of like learning what to do with your money. Mm -hmm. Um, And thankfully I had a mentor of mine near the end of college that was like, Hey, let's sit down and write a budget. (laughs) I was like, what? And uh, so we sat down and went through just what I would need to like pay my bills. And I mean, I I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we did that with her, I did it with my dad and all that stuff. And I I wish I had taken it a lot more seriously though in my 20s. Now that I'm in my 30s going like, man, I could have, you know, like been giving even more those last few years. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say that. And just really that God's timing is for real perfect. That's not just like a cliche saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can really trust his timing. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that a lot because it's really like the first time. I mean, for some people, it was like as soon as they left the house. But 
you know, especially like getting your own like first job. It's the first time that you're like, oh, I've never had like my own money like this before and how to manage it and paying for where I'm living and paying like it's just it's a lot. And so that's really good at figuring out how to be wise in that, because that is also something that we need to be honoring the Lord in is with our money. So that's a good one. I definitely want a whole podcast episode on that one. So stay tuned, everyone. Yeah. I'm not your girl for that, but I'll listen to it. I'm still learning for sure. But I wish okay. I had learned more in my 20s. Yeah, that's good. Uh, are there any resources you could put in our hands around the topic of discerning God's voice? Um, yeah, you know, I actually think um, some of the most resourceful things for me and really anything have been biographies of Christians. Um, so there's a book called seven women by Eric Metaxas. It's incredible. Um, but there's story, I mean, the first story in there is about Joan of Arc and there's like, I didn't really know anything about her until I read that. And that she definitely heard God's voice very clearly. She had visions. I mean, crazy stuff. Um, and I think, and then there's a part about Corey Tim Boom in there as well. And so she's someone I've read a lot of her writings. I think I've read almost everything she's ever written. Um, so she wrote the hiding place and, um, her second book is the sequel to the hiding place is called tramp for the Lord. Kind of a goofy title, but it's about her basically being released from the concentration camp and spending the rest of her life telling people about the Lord. And there are so many stories in that of her, like really hearing the Lord and Mm -hmm. sensing God's conviction or leading or all these different things. So for me, I learn a lot from just looking at other people's lives. And so I'm, a, I'm actually, that's pretty much all I read are biographies. Yeah. Um, and then the book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire by Jim Cimbala is a great book about prayer and seeking the Lord. And so I, I mean, that's on the top of my list always. I love that book. Yeah. So. Those sound good. I've never heard of those before. So I want to check mm, those out. Yes. Oh, good. That sounds cool. I've like started the hiding place. But I don't think I ever made it all the way through. Um, I need to. I need to. To finish. The first few chapters are a little slow, but you got to you gotta get in. It's yeah, very good. I know. I need to read the whole <laughs> thing. Uh, and lastly, what is refreshing you these days? Oh, man. Well, in New York, it's the weather because it's oh, amazing. Yes. Um, and honestly, this, this autumn and winter season in New York is like my favorite time of year. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. At least through February, then it starts getting a little too much. But, um, so the weather, this is also very, um, all the holiday markets mm-hmm. open. And so that's why people are just happier in New York in the, in the yes. autumn and Christmas time. Um, it's very magical. So all of that, um, walks for sure. I feel like it's finally like good weather to go and walk. So I live mm-hmm. pretty close to the water to the East river. Um, so I walk down there and check out the farmer's markets and all that stuff and come back home. So I think those are a couple I love to travel to. So mm. traveled some this summer and I'm gearing up to go to California in December. Oh, fun. The whole um, other side of the country there. Yes, I'm very, yeah, it'll be a long flight, but it'll be good. Yeah, that's so fun. I love that. I feel like yeah. you can go on so many fun adventures. <laughs> it's it's pretty great. That's why you need to save money. Yes. So, so you, you can, can go, go on, on adventures. adventures. Yes, seriously. <laughs> I've learned that from my parents that are like, have gone to Cancun for their fourth time in the past year because they're like, nice. woo, let's go. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you, Ashley, for coming on. It was such a good conversation. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Emma. I love what you're doing and that so many girls are getting to learn um, from you and your, you know, your eagerness to learn from other people, I think speaks volumes. So I love it. And I hope that we all um, are like that when it comes to things about Jesus. So thank you for having me on here. We're yeah. honored. Thanks for your encouragement and your wisdom. We appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ashley today. She is a stinking rock star, and I was so encouraged by our conversation. Don't you just want to get coffee with her and talk about everything in life? Yeah, same. I would really appreciate if you would share this episode with a friend. You can use social media, it's always an option, or writing a rating and review on iTunes helps people find the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and stay fresh, my people.